Welcome back to Bleacher Brawls, the home of the greatest rivalry in professional sports between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. This is your Sunday night, Monday morning rivalry show. Uh, we talk a little Sox and Yanks. This is a show that comes out every Monday morning with your sa- Sunday night, Monday morning crew. My name is Pat. I'm here with John and Luke. And we're going to talk all the things we talk about on this show. Sox and Yanks. Uh, obviously, some big Sox news this week. Um, Yankee fans feeling good about themselves because they're not in last place anymore. We're going to talk about the league at large, and we're going to end the show a little in 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 the blab and a little bit early tonight, um, so we can play the immaculate grid together. Uh, I'm going to start, however, as I always do with these guys, checking with them, see how they're doing, catch up with them. Uh, John, I will go to you first. How you doing? Give me your first pitch. Uh, my first pitch is going to, I'm going to pitch us right over to football and say today was a great day. It was, uh, a, the Giants game was a tale of two halves where at halftime I was absolutely miserable and just thought my day couldn't get any worse. And then Coach Dable, man, I would have loved to know what was said in that locker room at halftime because that team came out on fire in the second half, uh, outscoring. Uh, Arizona Cardinals 31 to eight in the second half to lead a comeback where they were down 20 to nothing at halftime. Daniel Jones just showed he's a gamer. Uh, he's got that dog in him. You got to like Daniel Jones right now. Uh, the kid just plays hard and uh, this, this Giants team just looked uh, fantastic in the in the second half of tonight's game. Though with the temperance, this is the Arizona Cardinals and they are not a good team. Josh Dobbs should not have had his way with them uh, all the first half the way he did. Um, and this coach, uh, Gannon, he looks like, not Rich Gannon, uh, Jonathan Gannon, uh, he looks like it might be like an Adam Gase situation that the Jets just went through. So, But all in all, great day with the Giants winning and uh, Daniel Jones really going out there and showing that he earned his paycheck. Luke, um, as Yankee fans celebrate not being in last place, those same Giant fans are also celebrating beating the Arizona Cardinals. Well, the most important thing about that game is that James Conner still got me 16 points in fantasy football as my team just continues to roll. Uh, I think I'm on a, once this week's over, I'll be on a six-game winning streak uh, going back to the end of last season. As Pat's team has had a great week, he was just had the misfortune of playing me. Um, so my my dynasty continues as the the reigning fantasy, Bleacher Brawls fantasy football champion and soon to be repeat uh, Bleacher Brawls fantasy football champion. Um, so so good. It's been a good weekend for me. I'm excited for the half-assed big moves that are coming this Red Sox off season. That will be really exciting for 2024 and really screw up the team uh, by about 2026. So I'm trying to be one of those guys that lives in the here and now and is not such a planner. Um, and uh, as far as this weekend goes, I am I, I am um, I'm caught up in primetime mania. I watched I watched that whole Colorado versus Colorado State game last night. Uh, I'm in, I'm in, I live in San Antonio as those who listen to me know. So I, uh, most of our, fa- our listeners are on the East coast probably. So I wasn't up as late as anybody on the East coast would have had to have been. 
uh, to watch that whole game, but I was up until past 1 a.m. watching that fantastic game. Deion Sanders is just, what can't he do? He was a star in baseball, football, and track and field in college, uh, a star in the NFL, a star in Major League Baseball. And then he's just, I thought it was kind of a publicity stunt when he got into coaching a few years ago. I had no idea until this weekend that he'd found God and was a lot more of a serious guy and not such a, uh, not such a, a, a cash hound like he'd always been throughout his career. But uh, he's, he's got that, that Colorado Buffaloes team is the most exciting and probably the most popular football team in the nation right now. And his two kids, of course, because they are born of Deion Sanders' seed, are probably two of the best college football players in the country. Like, his son, Sh- Sh- what is his name? Shadius or Sh- um, Shad- I- Sh- Shadius? Shadius Sanders, he's probably going to win the Heisman Trophy this year. Uh, he is incredible. He led that. He's got better numbers than any starting quarterback in college football this season he was incredible to watch last night the first time i've ever seen him and his other son had a pick six in the game it's just you know this it's it's the sanders world and the rest of us are just living in it so i'm caught up now i'm gonna catch the buffaloes every time they're on tv which given the popularity of the team is probably going to be every single saturday uh, for the rest of the season, right up until January 4th when they win the national championship. <laughs> They're not winning the national championship. All right, the Texas is ranked number four. They're going to be winning the national championship this season. But I want to say something. Uh, there, you asked what else can Coach Prime do? Coach Prime is going to coach baseball for Colorado next, right? Like he's going to coach football, and now he's going to coach baseball too. Um, he's only going to give baseball a half-assed effort. But he's going to do both. But they'll still finish in the top ten in the in the in the country with that with that half-assed effort. He's just gonna he'll be coaching baseball and he'll recruit like on late night on the weekends. All right, I have a question for you guys. I was a little late uh, hopping on the show tonight because. We drove about 45 minutes to a movie theater that was showing The Departed. And I wanted to show Taylor The Departed on the big screen. I had a great time. It's a movie that I love. On the no way home, though, we I got... haven't seen it yet. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> on the way home, we got into a bit of a debate. The Departed or Goodfellas? Good Come on. I, I love The Departed, but give me a break. <laughs> wow, just me then. I'm 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 choosing The Departed. I'm sorry. I just am. Over Goodfellas? Yeah, Goodfellas for whatever reason just doesn't tickle me the some the same way it tickles other people. I don't know what it is about it. Um I I don't know. Love De Niro, love love Joe Pesci, obviously an iconic movie, but I just uh The, the Departed uh I don't even know how to explain it. It's sort of unexplainable. So personally speaking, I think the depart the part uh, the departed is excellent. I I it loses some points in my mind in my own warped way of thinking about movies because I don't feel entertained at the end because I'm spoiler alert, 
just the way it ends, like, I just feel really bad every time I see it. I've seen it probably four or five times, but I just still feel like I want to, like, like, kick a door or something after what happens in the elevator. And I'm just like, damn it. Like, <laughs> no, I didn't invest all this time. The first time I, saw- I can still remember the first time I saw it. Like, I didn't see it in the theaters. I think I just bought the DVD because I heard everybody talking about it. And I saw it, and I just remember being in a room by myself and just, like, yelling, what, WTF, really loud, and just being pissed, like, legitimately pissed off. (laughs) I think that's the thing, though, right? It's, like, with Goodfellas, I think, is you're designed, it's designed for you to want Ray Liotta's character to succeed in life, whatever that means for him. And within the first two minutes of The Departed, you know that nobody stands a chance. And it's just kind of the inevitable um, journey to that conclusion. I don't know. I don't know. Sue me. I guess, I guess I'm the only one. I, I expected at least one of you to side with me. but no. And I would still, I would take Casino over Departed, too. Wow. wow. Yeah, me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. Not by a lot. But I would take Casino over The Departed. But I would be up for the the Departed versus um, Goodfellas brawl in the off season. Oh, that's a good or thing now to think about. Pretty, or, or like next week because it's pretty much the off season right now. <laughs> that's what about. Exactly. That's why we're doing a thirty minute show, and then so we can play the Immaculate Grand. Anyway, let's get the show started, shall we? Um, I'll be more prepared for that brawl when it happens. Um, so, Luke, I want to go to you first because on the website on Friday Bleacher John puts up a column, and it's got Heimbloom covered in, in clown makeup and, and a big rainbow wig and, and whatever else. And he says, this is a terrible move for Red Sox, excuse me, for Yankee fans, because they've fired an idiot, and now we no longer have an idiot running uh, our biggest rival. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but you get the idea. Uh, it, has he been, and not just on our website, not just by by people like John, has he just in general just been getting too much flack over the past couple of days? Is it just pile on bloom time because he got fired? Of course, yeah. That's the that picture was um that was the barstool sports picture of it used to be Goodell, right? But it was the high it was high and bloom. It it got changed to high and bloom. That's right. I'm I'm pretty sure. That's what it is, because I remember seeing it when Goodell went on his jihad against Tom Brady. But, uh, yeah, of course he's getting smeared. Uh, The Fenway Sports Group was complicit in stepping back to rebuild the team. And that's why they hired a guy from Tampa uh, who came up in an organization where they had no choice but to build from within because they have no money to do anything else. And they got really good at it. That's why they brought Heim Bloom and he learned from Andrew Friedman and he learned from that whole that whole organization. Uh, that's why he was their guy. That's why when he came in, they told him, uh, your job in your first offseason is to trade Mookie Betts. And and now they're being duplicitous. They're 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 smearing him just like they did with Terry Francona on his way out, just like they did with John Lester on his way out, and Theo Epstein, and even Dave Dombrowski. Dombrowski deserved it because he was a lazy schmuck, but Heim Bloom did their bidding. He did exactly what they asked him to do. Um, 
look, they know what the optics are. And by they, I mean John Henry and Tom Werner and their minions. Uh, they know what the optics are like here. Heimblum and they're going to say they're going to they're not saying it outright because they can't. But they know by leaking these things that they're leaking that the narrative is going to be Heimblum insisted on trading Mookie Betts. Heimblum refused to bring in established stars. And Fenway Sports Group just uh, let Heim cook, as they say, uh, because he was the baseball executive. And uh, that's what they said when um, when uh, Carl Crawford got signed, when Theo Epstein signed Carl Crawford um, right before the, the collapse in 2011. Well, in the offseason before the collapse season of 2011. Uh, they were they were bashing the team after the Orioles knocked them out of the playoff hunt, which had been pretty much guaranteed until September, the September collapse. And Heimblum actually drove to the sports hub and barged into the Felger and Maz show and started defending himself and his team. And Theo, he by said, the way. You, you, huh? you misspoke at Heim. Just want to make sure it's, it's clear. It's Theo. Theo. Oh, sorry about that. Yes, I'm talking about Theo here. And he said... Look, I didn't think John Henry said I didn't think that we needed Carl Crawford. I didn't didn't agree with that signing, but they um but I let the baseball people do their job because that's their job. But we know John Henry has a heavy influence. No big checks are getting written without his approval and he's giving his opinion as anybody would in that kind of situation. And that's what Heimblum had their approval. He had their authority and he was, that's why they hired him. Like I said, Fenway sports group supported and insisted on these tactics, which is why they got him Um, build from within, fix the payroll, get under the luxury tax, take a step back so we can do like Houston and LA and now Baltimore have done. Um, And now it's blown up in their faces. I think, Big problem here. I think um, really the first shoe to drop was maybe in that town hall that John Henry showed up to and Heim Bloom was there and Sam Kennedy was there and a whole bunch of dumbass Red Sox fans went there and booed him and wouldn't boot all of them, wouldn't even let him talk. I think they were just like, we can't take this anymore. This is this is a problem. We got to change direction. And that's what they do. They radically tra- change direction. The worst of the smearing that's been going on here is the Chris Sale room. Now, if you haven't heard it, they're saying that... Uh, so this was... um, What's his name? Rob Bradford uh, was the first that I heard say this. And then Jared Carabas said he had heard it too. That Bloom turned down a trade offer from a different team that said that Bloom, that they, Bloom was offered players and to take on all of Chris Sale's contract, uh, which would have been $55 million plus, that some, that some team offered to take on that whole contract and offer players in addition to that for Chris Sale. And this was right after Sale broke his finger in Yankee Stadium at the end of two, towards the end of 2022. It's the biggest nonsense I've ever heard. Heard. And and that Bloom declined it because he didn't like the players that were involved. No team would pay two plus years and fifty five million dollars for a guy who can't stay healthy. Right after he his pinky finger got turned into a parenthesis. Uh, Chris Sale has a full no trade clause. He's got ten five rights. So it wasn't up to Heim Bloom if he 
it wasn't up to him if Sale was going to get traded. Sale could have vetoed any trade he wanted to. Um, the rumor supposedly came from the other team that made the offer and that that's where Bradford heard it from. Um, but if that is the case, then that team wouldn't have all the facts. I, my guess, Bloom and Sale had already discussed. Bloom knew which destinations he would approve a trade, Sale would approve a trade to. And so if this offer even happened, and that he was probably just like, no, declined it. Or he checked with sales. Like, you want to go here? He was like, no. And then that was it. And it turns into, oh, Bloom Bloom, Bloom declined the trade. I don't know. I thought we were doing him a favor. Um, the other thing is that I'm hearing, other teams didn't want to talk to him. Other teams would call him up and be like, oh, oh, God, Heim's calling. I don't even want to pick up the phone. He's made a whole bunch of trades. And all the anti-Bloom people insist that he's been fleeced on all those trades if that's true shouldn't everyone want to deal with him shouldn't everyone be taking his calls i mean like yay heim's calling i can fleece this idiot um plain and simple all that happened was bloom has no history of loading up so fenway sports group wanted to replace him with a guy that has a history of loading up to take the socks to the next phase of loading up after the farm system is in a much better spot it's not right um, they should have given him a chance to finish what he started. They never gave him that chance. That's all that happened here. And the smear campaign is exactly that. It's smearing him on his way out like the Red Sox always do. I love Boston smear campaigns, by the way. I'm glad you finally admitted that they happen because they've been doing it to everybody forever. Um, even They're if it's like Pedro Martinez. But uh, I, this is the first I'm hearing of other teams not taking his calls. And I don't think I would believe that because it's kind of like you said, I think he's an idiot and he got fleeced a bunch of times. So they would be taking his calls. And uh, that's just not how baseball works. You don't like not take the call of another general manager, unless it's like, you know, the Yankees and the Red Sox or the Mets and the Yankees, where you're just not going to trade with each other. Um, So I, 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 again, stand by my statement that I kind of think this is a win for, uh, this is a loss for the Yankees. Uh, besides just being a win for me, because I get to say I told you so. Uh, last place, about or he's potentially about to be field a last place team three out of four years. Um, and a time will tell if he drafted right. We don't know because it's still pretty early on if this guy drafted right or if he kind of screwed that up too, because I do think he's failed at player assessments. Um, and then I do, one thing I do agree with Luke though is, as much as I keep saying, oh, yeah, they should have fired him, and I love, like, really rubbing salt on the wounds and twisting the knife on it, I do agree that you, if you're going to hire a general manager, you do have to give that, and especially one that's supposed to build a farm system, you do have to give them a minimum of five years, if not more. Baseball, it does take a while to start developing your prospects, and if you were serious about it, you, you do kind of owe it to that guy to give them enough time to actually prove themselves. And I think um, that this was a year too soon uh, to fire him uh, and that he deserved a little bit more time to show what he can do. How close are the nearest prospects that he drafted, by the way? Do either of you guys know that, or is that a question for Derek? You, both of you guys know that. I mean, not next saying? season. Okay. It wouldn't but be maybe next like two season. seasons away? Double A. Yeah, yeah, okay. I would so. say double A. We might see... We might see uh somebody at the end of I mean maybe mayor like at the 
in September next year as possible, but, but he got hurt this season, so but you also have to think get like, him back a little bit. Like rookies we have right now, Emmanuel Valdez, Willie Abreu, those are guys that he brought in. <laughs> those are the Christian Passes guys. So yeah. Okay, cool. I got it. But I is do want to address Roman Anthony in Double A. Roman Anthony just got to Double A, right? So if he keeps tearing the cover off the ball, we could see him next September, but I doubt it. All right, so I want to address the sale trade rumors because I do think there is a t- if you really start thinking about it, there is a team out there that where money is really no object, looking to compete, and we're stockpiling older pitchers with a, a high ceiling and a very very low floor, and that was the Mets. The Mets have been going out. You saw the huge money deals that they gave out to Scherzer and Verlander. Uh, and Steve Cohen, it's just money. Like He doesn't care. So when I heard that, that a team was willing to take on that whole contract, I just assumed it was the Mets. And they didn't say they're looking to trade high-level prospects. It was just the report I saw, they were just saying, oh, it was just players. Like It was just basically we'll take the contract and we'll just give you like these nobodies in return or whatever that was, maybe a, a bad contract to offset it a little bit. I took it as the Mets, and if – I don't think Sale would turn down that because the Mets, everyone thought the Mets were going to compete, even though they didn't. We thought they would. And the way Steve Cohen's throwing out money, you have to think if I go to the Mets and pitch well for a year or two and I can stay healthy, this guy's going to just throw more money at me, which is what he's been doing. Just $43 million a season, right, for both Scherzer and Verlander. That's insane money. Who wouldn't? want to jump at the opportunity to go play for the Mets. So for me, that was my initial thought was, oh, the Mets tried to get him. And that would make sense. Uh, so I do think there's a possibility that maybe Bloom just, again, just was an idiot. Um, other teams, maybe the Dodgers, Padres, and even maybe the Angels or teams in the Texas Rangers having teams that have kind of been throwing money around that are looking to compete that maybe would have took a risk saying, we'll buy low on this guy, you know, throw a couple of nobodies and just take on the contract. Because all those teams have taken on big contracts or big pitching contracts over the past few years. So um, I thought it was a possibility. I'm just not going to dismiss it. I, and I just, based off Bloom's history, I think it's just a possibility that he would have done something like that. And when you got, I got one more point, but if you guys wanted, to, you guys, I've been talking long enough. So why don't you guys go and we could come back to me later. Sure. I, j- I just wanted to hop in and. Um... <clears throat> Lots of rumors. You know, obviously there was the Chris Sale one and, and um, gosh, there's another one I'm blinking on right now. But the one that I wanted to bring up that I thought would be um, particularly important to this show is the potential Yankees swap that he decided um, uh, he, he didn't want to pull the trigger on in July, which was one for one Alex Verdugo for Clark Schmidt. Um, and he didn't like the fact, obviously rumors, right? I mean, that's what most of this is anyway. He didn't like the fact that Schmidt's contract is up at the end of the year while Doogie is more controllable and he was looking for something more controllable. Oh, Justin Turner was the other one. But anyway, um, uh, Doogie for Clark Schmidt. As, as a Red Sox fan and a Yankee fan, what do you guys think about the potential of that trade and, and the idea of that trade falling apart? It's, I mean, the same thing. It's, he wasn't, even before the deadline, that this team was so inconsistent and they weren't, it wasn't just the lack of starting pitching as the offense got so hot and cold, their defense was bad. I don't think he believed in him. I don't think he had much reason to believe in him. So I don't think he would have traded a guy 
with an, another year of uh, value like Verdugo, and by value, I mean value on the trade market specifically, um, another year of team control value uh, like Verdugo for a guy whose contract is expiring at the end of the year like Schmidt, even though Schmidt has had a really good year because it wasn't about 2022. I don't think it has been about 2022 for a few months uh, for Bloom. I, that's weird. I heard that and I didn't realize really, I didn't really think too much about it. If anything, again, Bloom's an idiot because he should have, I thought, first off, I thought, well, no, earliest, Clark Schmidt is signed through 2023, earliest arbitration eligible 2025, earliest free agent is 2028. So that can't be a real reason. Like, oh, Clark Schmidt, no, yeah, earliest free agent 2028. So, um. That's oh, okay. that would have been dumb on Cashman if he made that trade, and it would have been smart on Bloom because first off, Clark Schmidt is the Yankees' sec- second best pitcher, so you would have been taking the Yankees' second best pitcher away from them, and then handing them a clubhouse cancer and Alex Verdugo while ridding <laughs> your ho- your clubhouse of a guy that your manager it sounds like doesn't like. So I I can't imagine why he wouldn't pull the trigger on a trade like that because it would just make the Yankees even worse. That'd be hurting the Yankees. Well, I well it was real, real quick. It, it, I should have. Uh, I guess I should have double checked. However, I guess that's my bad for trusting NBC Sports Boston because uh, <laughs> that's where I read that. So uh, blame them, not me. Um, that's well. Yeah, I didn't realize Schmidt was his contract was expiring until you said it. So I was like, oh well, that that's in that case big, didn't make big any difference. sense. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but. One more thing I want to say about Bloom um, that it's not just this farm system he rebuilt. It's it's their whole R&D department, their scouting, their analytics. He brought that. And that's something I didn't really hear much of until after he got fired. But all the beat reporters are talking about the podcasters that have sources inside the organization. He re he modernized everything that under Dombrowski, it, w- it was Dombrowski and Tony LaRussa basically running the show, still having the same conversations that they were having at the beginning of Moneyball, talking about players having good faces and, um, you know, the, and the hot girlfriends or ugly girlfriends and stuff like that. So it's just, he's, he left a big mark on this fran- franchise that a lot of people don't realize. And the next person that's coming in is into a ready-made, really good situation. That's perfect, because that brings me to what my point was going to be, and I wanted to bring this up. I am not saying this is not a desirable job. The Red Sox are going to not have a problem finding somebody to take this job. But if somebody has options, I do think this job is less desirable. One, John Henry fired Dave Dombrowski a year removed from winning the World Series. Now, you guys can have whatever you want to say about that, but in the general manager world, I win a World Series and you're going to fire me a year later. Like, think about that from that standpoint. And then, too, kind of like what you guys said, Bloom at least tried to do what he was told to do. He's, he definitely slashed payroll. Time will tell if he actually did really build the farm system or not. And, I mean, he did make an ALCS, though not really feeling a competitive team in other years. Though that's kind of impossible to do in the situation he was put in. Uh, I don't think, and I shouldn't even say it wasn't a competitive team because uh, it isn't like a 500 record he had overall. So, um, but all those things that he did, he followed ownership's directive. And I, for the best we can tell, 
did what they said he was supposed to do, and he got fired out of fan backlash. So if you're sitting there, someone who has an opportunity to take on general manager jobs or baseball operations jobs, whatever you want to call it, uh, like if you're that guy in Baltimore who I had heard linked to this as a rumor, he's in a position where if he wins in Baltimore, like he's going to be revered. If he's really putting something together, why not sit here and see it through as opposed to going and putting yourself in this tinderbox where you can't really rebuild because you could get fired for rebuilding, even if though you're promised, hey, we want you to rebuild. You could win a World Series and still get fired. So uh, in a lot of teams, I think there's everyone wants to do it the, the small market way now. I think if you could win kind of small market like the Braves just did and you get applauded for it, I think it's a lot different than the Dodgers going out and spending a whole bunch of money and that 2020 World Series, whatever you want to call it. So I think the big market thing for some people might be a deterrence. It would work against the Yankees too. But my point being with all that, like John Henry acting very George Steinbrenner-like in the sense that he's going to fire general managers like crazy for not really good reasons, like doesn't that job seem less desirable if you have options? Yeah, they do. They they do their job approval research on Twitter. At least the own, the ownership group does. Henry and Werner, like, oh, they, the fans don't like him. Red Sox fans are idiots. And any of you that are listening to our show, I love y'all for listening to the show. But I mean, you guys got to get some perspective. Like the vocal uh, minority, of you guys don't really know, don't really understand what it takes to to build a winner, especially from the ground up, like somewhere in a position like Bloom did. So, but I mean, they are the mob. It's, it's Commodus in a, in a gladiator. It's like, you know, feed, you know, feed some people to the lions, feed Bloom to the lions and appease the mob, you know, and uh, you know, things will look a little better on you. So John, let's talk a little bit about perspective because uh, the Yankees are two games up on the Red Sox right now. The Red Sox have finished last two out of the last three years, going on three out of four. Have just fired their GM, or you know whatever he was, chief baseball officer. But the Yankees, on the other hand, are barely not in last place and having their worst season in forty years. Do you feel like, hey, we're the better team? We're in the better situation, you know? Um, are you is is this a silver lining for you or does it is it whatever? What's it? So uh, first off, I am jealous that your idiot nitwit general manager got fired. Like you guys are so lucky. So I mean, there is a potential that you could end up being in the better situation. We really don't know because we don't know what ownership's going to do. Um, as far as finishing fourth place ahead of the Red Sox, it's just bragging rights amongst us. That's all it is like at this point. And I think that's really important. So it is important to me. You know, now that you put it that way, it is important because it gives bragging rights to that little bit of bragging rights. It's not much like, you know, um, it, you know, <laughs> uh, it, it's still pretty bad on both parts. And I don't think any either side should be proud or anything. But it's like, well, at least I was the one that finished in last place. So. It's meaningless to everybody in that locker room, I hope. Uh, it's meaningless, hopefully, to the Yankees organization. But here amongst Bleacher Brawls, like, I, there's some, it, it's there's something to it. Luke, we've got two weeks left in the season. Do you want to catch the Yankees? Yeah. Yeah, I do. 
Um, it shouldn't. It shouldn't mean anything. If you're out of contention, what difference does it make? The difference between fourth place and fifth place is so slim. I mean, both suck. Um, even in a historically good division like this one, you don't want to be in fourth place or fifth place. If you're the Red Sox, you're a Red Sox fan. You're a Yankee fan. Um, but it does mean something to me because it's the Yankees. You always want to beat your arch rival. And but the Red Sox are in turmoil. So many guys, key guys are hurt. They shut down Casas probably just because his shoulder's a little sore, just because they don't they know the season doesn't mean anything. They fire their chief baseball officer. There's a very good chance they'll finish in last. I'll be happier if they finish in fourth place because you know, like John said, I'll be able to say, oh, at least they finished above the Yankees. Uh, but I won't be that much happier. Uh, the Yankees should be the ones concerned about finishing over the Red Sox because of the bragging rights thing. Um, the Red Sox have won four World Series in the 2000s. Uh, the Yankees are in the longest World Series drought uh, in their history. Um, Boston's making changes and at least trying to move forward. They're not making the right moves, in my opinion, but at least they are trying to move forward. And the Yankees um, still think it's 2010 and still have the same philosophies and the same guy running the show. Um, so I think it should mean more to Yankee fans than it does to Red Sox fans. Cause Red Sox fans have four championships uh, in, in since 2000 to hang their hat on at least. Yeah. And they're not going to be seeing any more anytime soon, fortunately. So that's all they're going to be hanging their hat on. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna rush to this last one because I want to. Do you think if you're have... lucky, they'll rehire Dave Dombrowski? <laughs> He's got a job, and that team's doing good. So yeah, exactly, that's, that's, exactly. That's not gonna happen. But they're gonna hire someone just like him. He's gonna burn it all down. I, we're gonna have two really good years, and then we're yeah. gonna have to rebuild it all uh, for three more years. The same pattern that we've been in yeah. since 2007. And like be the fun, best though. thing that could happen would be Heim Bloom going somewhere else and finding success. Or like they trade away all his prospects and then those prospects end up being good for other teams. Like that would be he's really gonna, nice. He's gonna kick ass somewhere. He's gonna turn the nationals around or something. Some team like that. And he's probably gonna end up being a Hall of Famer. I was just saying that earlier. Like he should he should any team that is like a mid market team should be after him right now. I mean, or, or a team that doesn't really care if they compete. Um, like, I know that they've had some issues going on in the White Sox organization. Like, hire him tomorrow. You can be 500 forever <laughs> and slash payroll and never have to think again about how the way your organization is going to run. Because they yeah. don't care if they win. You know? The, <laughs> so. the 2028 World Series champion Las Vegas Athletics with Heim Bloom <laughs> yeah. running the show. God. And Brian O'Halloran as the manager of the team. A guy who's never played baseball before, but just said, all right, I'm just going to put you in as the manager. <laughs> all right. I want, I want to hustle through this last one because I want to have time for the Immaculate Grid. So, um, Luke, I'm going to do that thing where I say this is your harebrained idea, so why don't you introduce it? Well, now I'm not going to. So let's just go to the Immaculate Grid. Um, Alec, I've wanted to talk about this for a while, but then something kind of big happened last week, so we didn't get a chance to cover it. 
and the week before we didn't have a show. Um, so because I forgot my anniversary. So um, I, I want to talk about Alec Manoa and how much I just hate the idea of him. Um, this is entitlement on a historic scale. So we all know Alec Manoa had two great seasons, his rookie year and his second season. He was a rookie of the year candidate. I don't remember who won the rookie of the year, probably someone on the Orioles in 2021. And in 2022, he was, I think, in the top three in the Cy Young uh, running. I think he was in the Cy Young running in 2021 as well. Um, nasty first couple of years. This year, I don't know what happened. He's asked all of a sudden. He can't pitch. His his K to walk ratio just went through the roof. Uh, I mean, wait, no. His K to walk ratio plummeted. Uh, he just he doesn't know how to pitch anymore. And so, like any contending team would, the Blue Jays said, "All right, well, you got to go down to AAA. You're two years into your career. You got plenty of minor league options." So they sent him down to the minor leagues, and he didn't like that idea. Like nobody who's ever been sent down to the minor leagues has ever liked that idea. But he actually chose to do something about it, or uh, actually, should I say, I should say, did nothing about it. Apparently, he went to wherever their AAA team is, but he's hasn't gone any of the games. He hasn't pitched since he's been sent down this last time. Uh, he, I mean, he went down. He was sent down at the beginning of the season, came back up, pitched for a while, and then got sent back down. And that's when he got really mad with his 5.5 whatever ERA. And he just—he—he he hasn't even pitched in a side session, in a bullpen, or anything. Um, he thinks he's a made man, I guess, because of a great first two years. But he's been putrid in 2023, but apparently has absolutely no sense of accountability, has, has no self-awareness. So he throws a hissy fit because he's sent down in his third year at age 25, as countless major leaguers have before. Um, the Blue Jays have options to send you down. It's in your contract. Once you have enough service time, you can, uh, you know, you can turn down those minor league uh, assignments when they try and send you down, like Jason Giambi did for the Yankees towards the end of his career. They tried to send him down. He said no. Because he had enough service time. He was out of options. But Manoa's nowhere near that. So until you're out, the team is out of minor league options on you, being sent down is as much a part of your job as the arbitration bumps that you can get starting in your third uh, major league season. Uh, you know, if you could have been good for one more year, you would have been able to take advantage of that. Um, speaking to Alec Manoa here. Um, so. He's not, but he's not only not pitching in the minors, he won't even practice. He's not showing up to practice. This is like the worst case of a Generation Z kind of person I've ever heard. I can't stand it. This entitlement, it makes me want to put my fist through a window or a wall. That would probably be less harmful to me. I've uh, seen him and- do it. <laughs> He has. Um, and it just, it, 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 yeah, I, I can't get over the audacity that someone would have in his situation to do something like that. Like, he's not even in shape. He's a pudgy dude for a professional athlete. He's got a belly that hangs out over his belt and stuff. Like, maybe if you were in shape, like, your game wouldn't be suffering so much. I remember, what, last year, him and Alejandro Kirk we're in the all got into the all-star game and somebody, I think it was a player or no, I think it was a reporter said something about 
the Blue Jays having these pudgy guys. And Manoa, oh, no, it was something about Kirk being this pudgy guy that's an all-star. And Manoa went off on the reporter saying, yeah, well, we're really good players. So who is he to talk to? Well, this is one, that's one bonus of being in shape is that, you know, it, you're, you're more resistant to just all of a sudden not being good anymore. Um, so I don't know. It's just these kids today, I tell you, whatever happened to Gary Cooper? That's what I want to know. You know, he did what he had to do. And when the bad guys went out on Main Street and none of those townspeople uh, came to back him up, he did it anyway. I I think um, I think you should reach out to Bobby Dahlbeck and talk to him about his his journaling and his <laughs> meditation and all the things that he's been doing to put himself at peace um, with life in Worcester. Uh, John Alec Manoa hasn't read a book since the <laughs> since Curious George. I guarantee it. John, why don't you put the uh, why don't you put the punctuation on this one? Uh, Luke nailed it. I don't like Alex Manoa. I don't like anybody on the Blue Jays. That team is like Vlad Guerrero Jr. Like has kind of underachieved this year, which is great. Most of the team has, and they are just really lucky that our team sucked so much because the Blue Jays really should be the last place team in this division. They just got kind of lucky. I, I don't like any of these guys, and Alex Manoa is a fat slob. End of story. His name is also Alec Manoa, but who cares? Okay, uh, <laughs> let's do the Immaculate Grid, shall we? Uh, these guys have been itching to do it all day long. But we thought, you know, these, these two in particular, they're always sending their scores in the chat. They're always talking about the deep cuts that they came up with, trying to lower their rarity score. And I kind of thought, you know, I texted the group earlier this week. I said, you know, guys, um, let's put your money where your mouth is. Can you do it live? Can you do it on the show? Um, and um, are you really as good as it, at, at this as you say you are? So I am going to um, pull it up on my screen. Do you guys see this right now? Yes, yes. Just okay. So are the three of us did. doing this, or are you not helping at all? I can help. Um, okay, but I'm 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 really the I'm I'm hosting. Okay. Oh, I got <laughs> um, I got the Yankees ones too, man. So we've got um, nice. I don't know what time the grid changes. So this is the grid of Sunday, September seventeenth. If you're listening to it in the morning, and um, it's like still the same grid because doesn't it not change to like ten a.m. or something? Um. You haven't done it yet. You know, we're, we're going to spoil some stuff for you. So here it is. Across the top, we have Yankees, uh, the Cleveland organization, and <laughs> Silver Slugger. And then from the top down, we have Miami, uh, the Angels, and the Athletics. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll hand it over to you guys. All right. So John can probably come up with three Yankees really quick. I, off the bat... I'm thinking either Coco Crisp or Rajai Davis for the for Cleveland and Oakland. Oh. I'm thinking Davis would probably get the the would probably get the better score, the lower score. Um, Do we want to try it, Rajai Davis? Let's go, Rajai Davis. Yeah, you pick take that one. Former Blue Jay, if I remember correctly. Eight percent. Sweet. Right. He's He's wearing an Take Oakland that. helmet in his picture. 
So I'll go uh, the Yankees athletics one. Um, I like a strategy I like to use. is like I'm trying to think. And I remember trades pretty well a lot of times, especially from when I was younger. So like I think Yankees A's, I'd immediately think Ricky Henderson. So it's like, oh, well, who do the Yankees trade for? Uh, Who did the Yankees get back when they sent him back to Oakland? And I remember that trade really well. And uh, I remember the three guys being Luis Polonia, Eric Plunk, and Greg Cattaray. Uh, I don't like Luis Polonia, so I would say, (laughs) and I think either Eric Plunk or Greg Cattaray would get the lower score. So, Luke, tell me which one you would take between Eric Plunk or Greg Cattaray. Uh, Plunk had, I mean... The first one Cattery I had the awesome. Actually... Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, Greg Cattery had that awesome mustache, looked like my uncle Chip. Eric Plunk <laughs> did not look like a baseball player with those big old glasses that he had. But sorry, Luke, go to interrupt. But you go for it. It was one of those. He was big, tall, dopey, thick guy with glasses that just threw ninety eight. I remember him. <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking Mike Gallego was the first one that came to mind uh, for the Yankees and A's. Oh. So, but I think just from being on those Bash Brothers teams, he would probably be remembered a little more. So if you're sure about Greg Cattaray, that's probably the one I'd go with. Yeah, let's do it. All right. I, this is a little before my time, so I'm going to need a little Greg, G-R-E-G. Yes. Oh, I C-A-D-A. see. C-A-D-A. There he is. A- Only two yeah. Greg C's in the history of Major League Baseball. Ever. Wow. 0.2%. Sweet. Now, I know you say Greg, it's obvious, G-R-E-G, but there have been a lot of different ways to spell Greg over the years. I see a lot of Gregs with two Gs at the end. Or Greg Nettles, that's like C-R-A. It looks more like Craig than Greg. No, it's it's Craig just with a G. So it's (laughs) G-R-A-I-G, Greg Nettles. Whatever. All right, what else we got, fellas? Um, I'm thinking for the A's Silver Slugger, I got to feel like Terry Steinbach probably won a silver slugger back then, but I don't know for a fact. Um, oh, that's a good one. That he did. Who else, who else would have won it? Carney Lansford probably won it. No, he probably wouldn't have because Boggs would have won all those. Oh, yeah. Uh, who else? So, yeah, Steinbach was on that team. And Dave Henderson, no, maybe not with the A's because he would have been later in his career. And who would have been the DHs? Like Dave Parker, Harold Baines, Willie McGee played for them for a minute. He would never want a silver slugger. Let's let's save that. Let's save that. Let's go to the Yankees and Marlins or Yankees and Angels and just get those out of the way. You Yankees you try and Marlins. Figure that out. I'm, I'll focus on Cleveland. Yeah. So Yankees and Marlins. I, I thought Sheffield because I always go Sheffield. But then when I was thinking about it more for a minute, uh, this goes out lighter. Like, I liked Al Leiter, and he played for everyone, everyone remembers him playing for the Mets, but he did win a World Series there with the Marlins, threw a no hitter there, and had two stints with the Yankees. He should be it. the mayor of New York. 2%? <laughs> Great Sweet. analyst, also on MLB Network. Yeah, he was, uh, he was always really good. I remember wanted- in the 2004 ALCS when a Roy. Um, when A Rod knocked the ball out of Arroyo's glove, he was the first one in the booth to say, say to, he like yelled, he, he knocked the ball out of his glove. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
You want to do the uh, the Yankees Angels and just finish this Yankees column? Uh, Polonia, Luke Quano, Washington, or Mike Witt. So you don't want or to do Jim Polonia? Abbott. Well, Polonia was with the A's. He was with the Angels. He was with the Angels as well. Um, yeah, I don't. You don't I say Quano, Washington. Mike Witt, or Jim Abbott, but Jim Abbott might would probably be the one that gets the most out of all of those. Yeah, Abbott and Witt were stars at one point yeah, or another. So. Let's do Claudel Washington. Yeah, do Claudel Washington. Um, I'm gonna. I had no idea he played for the Yankees. Here we go. Point three percent. He's the only Claudel wow. W that ever played Major League Baseball. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you right. guys are. Part of the reason why I wanted you guys to do this is you got a little before my time. I do have an idea for Miami Silver Slugger, though, that I don't know how many people remember, um, which is D. Gordon won a Silver Slugger when he was in Miami. D. Gordon won a Silver Slugger playing yeah. center field? And I know oh, wait, that second because base? it was shortstop? Was he? Okay. Uh, it was one of my quiz questions on the website one time. Oh, sweet. Oh, I remember that. That wasn't that long ago. That was like three or four months ago, I think. And he's now D. Strange Gordon. And that's a two-percenter. All right, I've he made my... He played last season? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he played in D.C. a little bit. And then he got suspended or something. I don't I don't want to get it wrong. Uh, well, I've made my two-percent contribution. I'm proud of that. Um <laughs> You you mentioned the Cleveland column. We've got Cleveland, Miami, and we've got Cleveland, um, Anaheim. So, Cleveland, Miami. Miami. I always start with, when I'm thinking about Cleveland doing the Immaculate Grid, I always start with that 95 team. Um, So, I'm trying to think. Um, So, Kenny Lofton, I feel like, played everywhere, but I don't think he played with Miami or Anaheim. Omar Vizquel did not. Manny Ramirez did not. Um, Bayerga did not. Um, Sorrento and Tommy didn't. Um, Sandy Alomar wouldn't have. Paul Sorrento would not have, probably. Um, Jose Mesa? Did Jose Mesa play for Miami? I don't know. I, he was with Baltimore before he was with. Cleveland. I don't remember him doing it much afterwards. Dennis Martinez, no. Charles Nagy from Fairfield, Connecticut, but he didn't pitch for Miami. I'm just—he was on did, that team. I'm just gonna shout out. Did Edwin Encarnacion go to Miami at all? Or that might have been Juan Encarnacion. Mm-hmm. I don't think he did. No. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, let's see. Let me think. Oh, Hafner? Where'd Hafner go? Hafner came to the Yankees. He fin- I think he finishes his career right. the Yankees. Hmm. He might be a little stumped here. Did, so wait, what, what, how about Cabrera Cleveland play in Miami? Angels. Cleveland and the Angels. Uh, oh. I'm just, I'm no. Either Mark Langston or Chuck Finley went to the Angel. I uh, went to the Indians after he pitched for the Angels, right? Did he? I think he did. 
I'm not saying he didn't. I just don't remember it. If you're pretty sure about that, we might want to go there. We do only have eight minutes left. <laughs> yeah, we should. So we usually send these out like later in the day. Like I check in at 9 a.m. and then I'm sending it out at like two in the afternoon. So. Yeah. <laughs> this might be. Right. So let's. All right. Well, then let's do this. Let's get. Let's bang out these silver sluggers then. Um, Anaheim silver sluggers. Uh, the easy one is probably Trout and Shohei. Vlad Guerrero. Vlad Guerrero. Um, Did Bobby Tim Abreu win a silver slugger? Well, he would have been with Philly, though, right? Bobby Abreu? I don't know if he played with them. He played with a lot of teams. Like No, he definitely played for them. The question is, did he win a silver slugger while he was there? He wasn't. I don't yeah, think he so. Wasn't towards the end good of his career, anymore, right? I don't think, if he wasn't there. Tim Salmon? Gosh, I feel like he was the age. Would he have won a silver slugger, though, with those stacked outfields in the AL during that time? No, I say we not. just go Vlad Guerrero and just to be safe. Um. All right. He's one of two Vladimir Guerreros in Major League Baseball. <laughs> oh, only 7%. That's still pretty good. Uh, and then wow. the A's okay. silver slugger. A silver slugger. Uh, I feel like Steinbach might be a little risky. I can't oh, remember Jason any other. Giambi. Giambi? Jason Giambi. Jason Giambi. That's going to be a lot of people guessing that. But... Out there. Um, I yeah, don't think most it... people would guess McGuire or, um, or Canseco, right? Yeah, probably. But who yeah, else? Will... A... I mean, Ricky Henderson might have won one out there, right? Might. Oof, probably. But, you know, Tejada. Actually, Tejada might not have because he was playing with A-Rod and Nomar and um, yeah. a- uh, Jeter at the same time. So, yeah, probably go with um, go with Giambi. Eighteen, but we'll take it. All right, that's. I thought it would be like in the thirties or forties, so that's good. So. I have a very obvious Miami Cleveland if we just want an answer because it's the guy that plays right now, um, but it's probably going to be like a fifty percent if we do that. But we are trying to wrap up. Yeah, I Miami was. I still say we do Chuck Finley for Cleveland and uh, Anaheim because I remember I'm like ninety percent sure he finished his career in seven percent. Seven percent, sweet. I knew it. So yeah, there we go. It was 93% sure he finished his career. We got five (laughs) minutes left. So let me give me a minute to try and think of who you're thinking about. Because it's somebody who plays right now that played for both of them. That's an obvious one. Yes. Um. Hmm. Oh, the batting title guy. A raise or a rise. Oh, a rise. No, he played for the Twins. No, he plays in Minnesota. No, no, no. Oh, right. Minnesota, Cleveland. Is there a difference? (laughs) Both of them should be contracted and kicked out of the league. Do you just want me to tell you who it is so that we don't waste time thinking about what my answer is? Wait, hang on. No, time out, time out. Luke, who did they draft? If you remember, try to remember the expansion draft in 93. Who would they have drafted? Who from Cleveland went to Miami? That's always the way I try to get these with Colorado and the Miami. The old Miami players that always come to mind with me are Juan Pierre, Jeff Conine, uh, Yvonne Rodriguez. I think Raul Mondesi was there. Um, Mike Lowell. Kevin, Kevin Brown wouldn't have made it there, right? 
What's it, did Levon Hernandez ever end up pitching for Cleveland? I think he bounced around a lot, but I'm not. Renteria, Renteria was on those teams. He bounced around everywhere too. Renteria, Craig Council was on that team. Huh. Al Leiter. Um. Okay, who's the obvious one, Pat? I'm... Yeah. Josh Bell. So he was with the Marlins right before he was with the Indians, Guardians? No, he's with the Marlins right now. He's, he's with the Marlins right now? The Padres traded Josh Bell? Yeah, he was... That was last offseason. Oh, wait, he was on... That's right. Cleveland traded him to San Diego at the end of last season, and then he was a free agent? Uh, you got it backwards in your head, but yes. Oh. Okay. Well, that's probably not that many. That's probably not that high of a percentage. Um, I thought it was obvious, think- but now that you guys are unsure, I feel like maybe it <laughs> is kind of a deep cut because nobody thinks about Josh Bell anymore. <laughs> I'm sure he pl- I know that he played in Cleveland. I don't know why I don't realize he's in Miami right now. The guy he was traded for, I don't remember his name off the top of my head, was in the minors in the Miami system and um, then debuted in Cleveland, so he wouldn't count even if I could remember his name. Um, so, yeah, that's hmm. all I got at least. Um, three minutes left. Yeah, I don't have... Oh, you know what's funny? Miami played Cleveland in that World Series. Wait. In 97, right? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So a lot of the players I would be thinking of from the old days would have been from that World Series, so they wouldn't have played for, for both because I'd be thinking of them from that one reference point. So they would have been yeah, either or. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that they didn't switch back and forth. Like, did Renteria ever play for Cleveland? He played for everybody. <laughs> I'd be surprised if he did. I don't think he did. Um... So I don't know. I'm, I can't I, think of anybody. Yeah, I'm willing to I'm willing to go with Pat here. Yeah. Alright, we'll see how that goes. I'm I'm worried it's gonna be like a fifty percent because active players you always get screwed on the um Which is funny because I rarely think of active players. I always start oh. like in the nineteen eighties and then Yeah, he was a forty seven. That's eighty seven, that's pretty good. He, yeah. was, he was the forty three percent, he was half of the eighty seven. I know if we could have thought of one guy from them between the three of us, one other guy. Uh, you want me to quickly before the show ends, you can pull up the list. Of yeah, I'm doing this as we go along, so I'm looking now. Potential guys: um, Jesus Aguilar, Geronimo uh, Barrera, Aaron Boone. Oh man! Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. that would have been awesome. Casey Kochman, Ryan Lavarnway. Oh my god. <laughs> Sandy Leon, Andrew Miller. Oh, yeah. Oh, you guys should have got that. You're terrible fans. Carl Pavano. I don't remember Hanley playing in Cleveland. Oh, Pavano. Yeah, he did pitch there, too, didn't he? I don't remember him playing there. Craig Breslow. I should have come up with freaking Andrew Miller. I don't don't remember Miller playing for the Marlins. Yeah, two years. Or Sandy Leon playing for the Marlins, or... I don't know. I feel I feel all right about that. None of those are ones are names yeah, that I'm kicking no. myself over. Oh, we couldn't just guess Ron Valone. He's one of those guys like Valone, Matt Stairs, Edwin Jackson, Octavio Rotel, Kenny Lofton. 
all guys yeah. who could just guess, and you got a real good chance of getting it right. The best chance you got is like is if you can you have a brain the kind of brain that can remember is those like lefties those back then those those lefties who will come out to face one lefty and then sit down because all of them played for everybody but I mean those just evaporate from your head once they leave your team because why wouldn't they because they were somehow a, a really rare thing but also there were like ten thousand of them yes and they were really <laughs> dispensable. <laughs> nobody cared about them yeah because you you had like everyone would you'd, you'd have them for like a month at a time yeah like they had as much cash in the locker room as the place kicker does in nfl <laughs> locker room like getting everybody's bags for them <laughs> taking the fall like somebody finds a bag of pot in the lock in the clubhouse like hey you gotta say it's yours i'll take care of you on the back end those are also the guys who the records were always terrible every year they would finish the season like one in seven because they just got screwed all the time. One in seven with a 2.04 ERA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, because right, they intentionally a... walked the righty that was in between the two lefties <laughs> and they yeah. came out of the, ga- <laughs> the game and the next guy let that righty in for the winning run. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's it. Just before we wrap up, real quick trivia question. Do you know the Red Sox record over their last 20 games? It's not 15 and 5. It's not a 15 five and 5 and 15. run. 5 and 15 <laughs> run. They went yeah, on a 15 and 7 run. Fired. They went on a 15 and 7 run right around the time I said that. I, I don't remember that. Um, all right, y'all. We're going to call it. So uh, stuff like this, if you like tonight's show, y'all, this is what it's going to be. It's going to be... The news of the week, it's going to be um, more of Luke and I crying that Haim is not the CBO anymore. It's going to be some Immaculate Grid, some games, some trivia, stuff like that. So if you like this show, it's a little bit of a taste of what the offseason show is going to be. Um, all the places you can find us online, our website, bleacherbrawls.com. Um, I've been trying. I want to uh, not talk about Haim Bloom tomorrow, so I'm uh, publishing my piece about Brandon Lee. Uh, is to follow up to my Bruce Lee piece last month. Uh, but we do have some Red Sox stuff, some, some Yankee stuff going on over there all the time. Other places, YouTube, Twitter, you can find us at Bleacher Brawl. You can find all of our Twitter profiles in the description of this episode. And um, and make me feel bad because I forgot Andrew Miller. Um, is the name that- is the name of your column Duck, the Brandon Lee story? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yikes. Yikes. And we're going to call it. I'm going to mute these guys uh, for for John, for Luke. My name is Pat. Um, Thank you guys for being here. Hit subscribe. Uh, We'll see you next time. The Strong Silent That's the latest episode of Bleacher Brawls. Thanks for tuning in, for rating us five stars and leaving us a nice review. And don't forget to check us out on BleacherBrawls.com, on YouTube, and on Twitter. It's a very delicate situation.